Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Ah! What the f*** did you do that for? Hey! That was... Don't swear. What are we? We're 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 not swear. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you stabbed Uncle Ted with the carving fork, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Wednesday, November 23rd, 2016, Thanksgiving in Hell edition of the show, where we discuss how to get through the next few days without hurting anyone. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Distractors. The holidays are bad enough without the stress and frustration of 2016. Distractors is here to help. Our team of professionally trained interventionists are standing by for your calls with helpful advice, neutral discussion topics, and instant counseling to help you make it through with the least amount of spiritual, emotional, and physical harm possible. Download our app to your mobile phone and press the big red button when the fighting starts. Our interventionist will immediately provide you with a safe, simple way to make it stop. Distractors, we can't fix the country, but we can make holiday dinners as painless as possible, so long as you're not expecting a miracle. All I'm trying to say is don't we don't just get loaded down with all this stuff that we don't need. We, we get fat, like uh, uh, human cholesterol or something. Is that my fault, too? What? what Leo, what, what are you saying? Human cholesterol, Wally. Stuck in the system, right? Big gobs of, Dad, of human fat all right? choking the economy. Just eat them. Huh? Too much stuff. Yeah. yeah. What? Huh? Where? Everywhere. We, we carry around all this excess baggage. Exactly. What the hell's wrong with this guy? You bet your ass. Cholesterol. That's what I got. And that's all this bozo in the, in the White House is up to, among other things. No politics on Thanksgiving. What Walter was trying to say, Mr. Fish, is that cash is king The point I because. was making, Joanne, if I might make my own point, is that it is high time all banks got back to some rock-solid loan fundamentals again. For heaven's sakes... Oh, easy, Walter, easy. Don't oh, laugh. Don't claw it enough already. For heaven's sakes, it's high time we all did. Get back. Oh, I your pills, Dad. Don't forget the ones with food. Mm. The high-pressure ones Where in we the used pocket. to be. All of us. What pills, Dad? Where we were How can I forget them? If I forget them, someone reminds me, or your mother reminds me, or... I don't mean anything political. Oh, who knows Just for everything. You eat too much. He eats all day long. That's all he eats. We're America. Well, who buys that? I open a cabinet, there it is. Tell them, Papa Cash, you're paying for you. Eat what you want. Don't encourage them. Oh, excuse me, Ms. Siddhartha. Don't comment on things you don't understand. Don't start with me, because you'll lose. I said common sense, damn it. Nobody makes sense anymore. Nothing makes sense anymore. Right. Uh, tomorrow is Thanksgiving here in the broken and battered once United States of America. And it was a holiday ostensibly intended for people to gather with their loved ones and give thanks for all the bounty they've received over the past year. I'm tired of being thankful. I mean, this holiday is a shit show on a normal year. And after all we've been through since January... I mean, Bowie, Rickman, Leonard Cohen, Gwen Eiffel, Sharon Jones, Gene Wilder, Elie Wiesel, Muhammad Ali, Merle Haggard, Gary Shandling, Prince, and Abe fucking Vagoda 
all dead in 2016. We've had a plague of clowns. That kid was eaten by an alligator at Disney. The Pulse nightclub shooting. Pokemon Go. The Dallas police shootings. And that goddamn gorilla. To top it all off, we had that thing that happened. And we're supposed to be thankful? I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Of course, bitching about Thanksgiving is just as much a part of the tradition as drunkenly lurching over the table and striking your cousin with a turkey leg after he brings up Hitlery for the 37th time. In any decently run country, it would cancel the whole thing, take the day off at home watching football before killing each other at a Walmart vestibule for a $99 flat screen TV like God and the Founding Fathers intended us to do. Instead, we have to get in a fucking car, drive for six hours to eat with a group of people that honestly we can't stand and wouldn't be caught dead with if we didn't share a certain percentage of DNA. I I I personally gave up on the entire thing a long time ago. After all, if I want to cook a turkey, I can do that any damn time I please in the comfort of my own home without finding new and exciting ways to despise a blood relative. And my personal politics clash so much with my family that our gatherings would be more like a Klingon bat mitzvah than a joyous moment amongst our kin. Koi keles puk lod, koi puk bet puk, yakbo mapo jeshu mi, se you have a lovely daughter, Kang. Admittedly, her stabbing little Jeremy like that was probably not the way I expected this to go. So this year, as in every year before this, I will gather with a small group of friends of like political conscience. We will eat food and I will drink wine that I will pretend that I like before I slip off home to drink myself into a stupor while listening to 80 songs. You know, like most Thursdays that I have off. Sadly, I know many of my listeners will not have the luxury of being estranged from their family, so you will need some help getting through the next couple of days without committing avunculicide. You wouldn't kill your old uncle. Anything's possible. It's, it's been that kind of year. If your family is anything at all like mine, you've already identified the troublemakers before you ever arrived at the dinner. You know these people. You grew up with them. So just stay away from that person. Okay, yeah, every family has that one asshole who just delights in stirring up the shit, who can't keep their opinions to themselves, who thinks that they're just a little bit smarter than everyone else. It's you. Yeah, that's usually me. And I've been told that since I no longer go to Thanksgiving dinners, everyone is actually having a good time. So it's a win-win. After all, if you aren't able to tell who the asshole in any given group is, it's very probably you. But in the off chance you're not the asshole, you certainly know who the Dave is in this scenario. Stay away from the Dave. I mean, go and sit at the kids' table if you have to. And shit, I actually recommend sitting there no matter what. Sure, you got to endure giggling and farting and endless discussions about Star Wars. But when you think about it, how much better is that than what's going on at the, quote, grown-up table, unquote? Here's something that'll really help. Practice smiling like you mean it. 
Many of us already possess this skill because we have jobs, and roughly 93% of being employed is the joyless smile of acceptance when being asked to do something inane, time-consuming, and essentially pointless. You know, like my first marriage. I want you to stare into your bathroom mirror and smile like you mean it. And practice holding that smile for a full minute. It's going to feel strange, and it's going to be strange, but I need you to hold that smile for a full minute. You look like a crazy person, as if there aren't enough crazies on this train. It is vitally important that you not be smiling like you're thinking to yourself, asshole, over and over again in your head. This is the part of the smile that most of us fail to perfect, and indeed, when done wrong, leads to the exact situation we're trying to avoid. So I suggest incorporating a little self-deprecating shrug into the smile to indicate you are not internally screaming while you are smiling. Let me know if this works, because I've never quite been able to accomplish the task. Another incredibly useful skill for avoiding conflict is the art of selective hearing. If you're a parent, you're already a master of this. Just shift the subject of your selective hearing from the incessant whining of your ungrateful children to the incessant whining of a distant relative. Or indeed, your own parents, who frankly deserve that for tuning you out all those times you were only asking for a pair of Levi's 501 jeans, which is what all the kids were wearing, and you would just die if you had to go to school once more wearing Sears tough skin jeans. Not with the whining, all right? But they never listened to me, so I was mocked by everyone for wearing Sears jeans while they were wearing Levi's. Why did you hate me, Mom? Sorry. Sorry, I I do that sometimes. If you're not a parent, you too can develop selective hearing by remembering what it was like when your parents ignored your perfectly reasonable request for very expensive blue jeans. Now, apply that same neutral drone you know your mom was hearing to any topic you don't want to engage in. Listen to closely for keywords, watch for body language, and when you see those topics trending, mute that fucker like a Nazi on Twitter. A skilled selective hearer can actually mentally block an entire person from their perception. Or at least that's what I'm told by my sister who's been doing this to me for decades when I go off on one of my rants again. But she may have an unfair advantage having raised three kids and grown up with me. We're at the point in the show where I'm forced to talk about chemical remedies for dealing with your family. Uh, We have to because God help me, I'm about to say something I can't believe is coming out of my face hole. You probably shouldn't drink. I thought I knew everything about you. I know how hypocritical that sounds coming from me, and it's hard enough to get through a day like Thanksgiving without just a little something to take the edge off. But I also know from personal experience that what it takes to get the kind of edge we're talking off requires a fair bit more than just a glass of wine every now and then. We're talking about bottles of wine. And once you get past that first bottle, the little voice inside of you that just says, let Uncle Eddie rant when he says we should put Muslims in concentration camps suddenly starts shouting at you. Kick him in the crotch, damn it, the crotch! And the next thing you know, you and Uncle Eddie are screaming at each other over the green bean casserole, and not much later, one of you will be wearing the green bean casserole. Listen, we've all been there. There is, of course, an alternative edge remover 
one that I heartily endorse for everyone as an incredible tool for peace and civility during your holiday feast. Yes, it's marijuana. Some of you are fortunate to live in an enlightened area where you may simply stop at a licensed distributor of fine cannabis products, look the clerk in the eye and say, I need a little something to keep me from killing my family this Thanksgiving. And a friendly weed expert will help you choose the right product for you. Sadly, in most of the country, we do not have this essential service, much like you soon will not have medical insurance, and of course, if you're black, civil rights. Of course, you're straight and white like me, then, then you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. If you find yourself in a weedless state and you don't have a friend to help you out, you will need to think creatively to solve your problem. It's vitally important that if you are traveling by commercial transportation, you do not take your weed along with you. There is no way you want to be emptying your pockets at the TSA checkpoint and have your little baggie of your Monimus Zin tumble into the Tupperware. I mean, best case scenario, you just lose your herb. In the worst case scenario... They arrested him, strip searched him, and left him in solitary. Also, if you're driving into any rural area with out-of-state plates on your car, I strongly recommend not carrying your herb along. Spending the weekend with your dickhead relatives is bad, but having the local Roscoe P. Coltrane seize your car by civil forfeiture while you reside in a tiny sale with a large redneck is a much, much worse way to spend your Thanksgiving. And no, no, if you need some weed while you're at your family's, you're going to have to reach out to a teenage relative and find out where they get their weed. Do not do this on Facebook. The last thing you need is a screen cap of your Facebook message being pushed in front of you during the first five minutes at grandma's. You could, I guess, try to call them on the phone, but I'm fairly certain no teenager is even aware that the cellular phone they carry is capable of that kind of voice communication. Maybe you could FaceTime them, but I doubt that they will answer. No, you're going to need to ask them in person at the dinner. And I think, I think I'm going to create an app for older relatives to beg weed that, like Snapchat, let's like weed me, where you just zap your weed request to your younger relative and then it disappears and it can't be screen capped. I would make millions. No, no, you're, you're just going to have to actually catch them away from the crowd and come out and ask them. And don't be coy when you do this. Tell them what you want and be prepared with cash. Don't be a dick about it. They're, being a hu- they're doing you a huge favor, so make it worth their while. Pay more than the weed is worth. If you feel you must travel with your own stash, then for God's sakes, make it an edible. A tin of brownies is just not going to rouse the same suspicion as a film canister of tiny green shredded leaves. People still carry their pot and film canisters. I I don't even know. Just make sure your edible doesn't get mixed in with the other desserts. Or maybe you should mix them in with the other desserts. It might just be the best Thanksgiving the family ever had. Sometimes, though, no matter how hard you try, the best laid plans of mice and men go awry you find yourself stuck in a hole in the wall with a hunk of rancid cheese. And when you find yourself in that kind of situation, you have two choices. You can listen to a sexist, homophobic, racist douchewad proudly proclaim that he helped make America great again while your stomach fills with bile until you puke Aunt Tilly's yams all over the dining room rug, or... Now help me find some pliers. I'm going to make this guy eat his own dick. If you're going to fight, fight to fucking win. And there are three key rules to Thanksgiving family fighting. 
Don't start shit unless you plan on ending shit. Go personal, get vicious, and finally, do whatever it takes to get the last word in, even if you shout it from the back of the police car. A good plan. I've had better. Number one, don't start shit unless you planned on ending shit. Face it, you know you don't need to be the one to start the fight. And if you aren't willing to do whatever it takes to win the fight, then don't have the fight. Go ahead and puke them yam there, kids. But if you decide to go in, go all the way in. There's no point pulling your punches just because Uncle Merle gave you your first beer when you were 12. In fact, that shit is against the fucking law. I mean, he's practically a child molester, and you should definitely say that along the way. But if you don't have the chutzpah for the dirt... Just walk away, and there will be an end to the horror. So, if you can handle it, number two. Go personal, get vicious. You know these people. You grew up with them. You know they're devils and they're demons. Use them. Sweep the leg. You have a problem with that? No sensei. No mercy. Go ahead. Bring up Uncle Merle's drug problem. Mention Aunt Nettie's fourth husband, the one who ran off with that dental hygienist. Bring up Cousin Tim's being caught jerking off in the Walmart parking lot again just yesterday because there is nothing so low, so base, so vile as to be off-limits when you're fighting with your family over a turkey dinner. When I was a kid, I watched an entire 12-year marriage end between the moment of kickoff of the Detroit Lions football game and the second round of leftovers. And I learned some things that day. The first thing I learned is show no mercy. But the other thing that I learned was that my uncle liked interstate truck stop restrooms in a way that I didn't understand as an 8-year-old boy. Well, now, that is some fucked up shit. This life-altering argument started over an innocent comment about the election of Ronald Wilson Reagan. That's what I mean is be willing to get vicious and go as far as you possibly can to win. Because that's what Uncle Johnny did as the sheriffs were hauling him out. He demonstrated viciousness and number three... Get in the last words, although I can't repeat his last words in public, not even on this podcast, and that should say something to you. But you know what? Because you show no mercy at some point in time, a part of you is going to feel bad about what you're doing here. After all, Uncle Merle has a third grade education and pretty severe damage, brain damage from that exploding chainsaw incident that happened to him back in 1994. Good God, Perry. At a certain point, you're just beating up an old man. You're going to want to let it go. Take pity on him. Under no circumstance do this. Finish him. If a member of the family tries to intervene, do not let them. Get the last word in. Chances are you can probably take your mom in a fair fight if she tries to drag you out of the room. Don't let her. The rules of Thanksgiving fighting are very clear. The person who gets in the last word wins the fight. 
You're not fighting about politics anymore. You're engaged a duel for your very honor, and if you let it in with pinko faggot scumbag, you've, pr- you've betrayed the fundamental principles of every war we've ever fought in this country. That person who takes the last cheap shot as they drag your asshole uncle through the door into the kitchen is the fucking winner. Be the winner. We're Americans, and hating our extended family is woven into the fabric of our nation. When the pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, they celebrated the first Thanksgiving, and at some point in time, one of the older pilgrims made a shitty comment about Squanto, and a younger pilgrim called him a fascist, and the first Thanksgiving fight occurred in this country. Live up to that fine tradition. Don't let your shitty uncle get away with being a dick to the very people that helped him survive. Call that asshole out. Or... Just get stoned on the back porch with your teenage relatives. You'll feel better for it. Honestly, it'll make Aunt Tilly's yams not taste as fucking terrible. God, Tilly, who told you we're supposed to put curry in yams? Really, at the end of the day, the best solution to all this is avoidance. After a certain point in time in your life, do you need to see your second cousin twice removed? You know what a second cousin is, right? A fucking stranger that if they're kind of hot, you might want to fuck. As a general rule, anyone you might accidentally be related to and you've already unfriended on Facebook is not someone you need to have in your life. No amount of profound oratory is going to change Cousin Lester's mind about his political decisions, and hopefully the same applies to you. Your family is really an allegory for this entire country. We don't like each other. We probably don't need each other. And we'd all be better off if we just went our separate ways and never spoke again. Unfortunately, your family is like our country, and we're all stuck with a bunch of assholes, and no matter how much we loathe them. So let's all try not to kill each other. After all, chances are, Cousin Lester has a gun in his truck, and if you stab him with a fork, he's probably going to use it. So seriously... Try weed. It will help. (laughs) That is it for this Thanksgiving show. We're putting this up early because we plan on being extremely thankful for Jameson's Irish Whiskey. And we've got bottles stashed all around the studio. Break them out, Gavin. Get the dice down. We're rolling hard. Sometimes you gotta roll the hard six, but Gavin can only roll the one. And if we drink enough, we can probably forget how we face five straight fucking weeks of Christmas music. No! Please, God, no! Oh, yeah, that shit's coming. Drink up, America. Hasn't the country suffered enough? Hey, I guess we should be happy, be thankful that we won't have to be subjected to Kanye's very special crazy Christmas this year. So we got that going for us. If you're thankful for this show or just really want to hurt someone... Rate this podcast on iTunes and help spread a little holiday jeer to all the bad boys and girls in the world. You can let us know your holiday horror stories at whatthehellpodcast at gmail.com or the listener line at 347-647-9601. If you want to ba and humbug with us, follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or the show name on Facebook. You can even follow us at the show name on SoundCloud. All of our shows, as always, at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave Bledsoe, producer Gavin, who is also the asshole of his family, and this podcast, Gavin, complete asshole, you're the one, not me, kicking your paladin's ass tonight. 
We want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving if you're in the United States. And if you're not, enjoy your Thursday. Honestly, we don't give a shit when you guys beat the shit out of each other. We just want to know when you kill each other over cheap electronics without Thanksgiving. It's not important, really. It's just a little question we have. We'll see you all next week. Seltzer Kings Podcasts.